0: Episode 168. I'm starting wow. to number them again. I went. got away from numbering them. It's a lot of shows, but it's a lot to remember when it's, you know, one man and a star, you
1: know. Go ahead. Go ahead and go ahead and say star, P. I've already been bullied enough this morning. Uh, I said you're the Geo. star. What? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Because <laughs> you know that you're talking. The star of the show is yourself. the The host, the generator. You're everything, and and uh, I appreciate. I, I appreciate. Did I, was I not complimentary <laughs> to him this morning, Geo?
2: You were and he still good.
1: tries to shit on me
2: every morning, but I love it. I love it.
1: Good to have you, Gio. This I do agree.
2: One... I do agree on our, our text chain that you had to have some foresight into what your day was gonna bring today. So, like Listen, waking up at eight in the morning, we, we don't need audibles. You're not Peyton manning at yeah. the freaking well let me tell you Omaha something. Omaha in the morning. Like we have a schedule, like, thank let's you stick to it. Thank you. And we, we plan ahead this, of it. We planned
0: this out in advance, and we said. We plan it around our guests. When are you available? Geo's like, well, you know, let's let's do nine thirty. Boom, Craig. How's nine thirty? Nine is great.
2: That was just a few days ago too. Well, it was, yeah, not it was yesterday. Or okay, two days. Yeah, just think. like, days like days what ago. you said,
1: yeah. Geo. It's it. My life is a big audible. <laughs> um, I am uh, structured to a fault, but things go awry, and I've got to start throwing audibles. And I did one this morning. And listen, I I mean, it's awesome when I have friends that don't have jobs, you know, that just literally. oh I had
2: I had one foot in the gym, ready to work out. That's right. not I a gotta, job. I got to leave. That's not a job. That's that's your pastime, of... bud.
1: What? That's your pastime. That's not a job. So basically, Listen. you are you're on standby anytime we want you because we we you don't work. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Listen, I have the most important job in the world, Craig, raising three kids. Most important job in the world. And maintaining that dynamite physique of yours. <laughs> I got a sweatshirt on today. I'm not showing the guns.
0: are glad I'm glad we're all together here. Kind of in between the time that, that Craig Craig wanted. It's it's funny, AGO, we start it we start right when Craig wants, but then he talks about something else for twelve minutes. Yeah, that's all right. You know what I mean? But I'm just actually, you know what I'm doing right now? You caught me in the middle of, I'm actually responding to somebody on Twitter, which is rare from my account, not the show account. Wow. Okay. Because I went on to, uh, I went on to Leaf Radio yesterday with uh, Justin Bourne and Nick Kiprios. No way. Yeah. And I like those guys. uh, Yeah. They're fantastic. They're fantastic. You know, we were talking Leafs and Sabres and, you know, stuff around the league and everything. and. Did you tell them to trade uh, Austin Matthews like you did last year? (laughs) No, I didn't. But I said something else. Oh, and this is and this. but that got brought up. But Craig, my reasoning for saying trade Austin Matthews was only because I don't believe he's coming back. You're welcome. to uh, Let me get into why I'm responding to this guy. That's the only reason why I said that. And I don't want to go too far down a rabbit hole. So anyway, yesterday I said, you know, we were talking about Labushkin. And the hits that he threw on Holloway and Dreisaitl. And um, uh, I said, you know, if I were the Leafs, I would have traded Nylander and his salary and kept Mikhaev and Labushkin for the same price because you need more depth and you need more players that are bigger and stronger and more physical. Makayev is, is I think, a good... He might have got overpaid in Vancouver, but still, the two of them combined equal about seven and a quarter. And what's Nylander making? Seven? So, anyway, this, six, guy's nine, just, seven. this guy's just calling me a clown. So, I'm responding to that.
2: Guy. Well, yeah, it's, the, it's the a one, bit of a the clown one, show. Yeah. Well, the, the one clown part of that is that you need to be bigger and stronger. Screw that shit. You need oh, some. Sorry, Joe. Well, look. look, look I didn't, you're bullying again, PD. And, like, <laughs> you're bullying the, the
0: small <laughs> guy. You know? No. No. What I mean is, like, what I mean is, like, they have... Tavares they have your when I say Bigger stronger I don't mean Bigger in stature I mean guys That just play that way because Matthews Is Matthews is six three, two twenty 220 something but I don't consider Him he doesn't he, he uses it in other ways But he doesn't use it in the way like a Makayev does when he plays or a
2: Labushkin Is all I'm saying that style of when I say Bigger it means more physical to me not touch Stature the cord. touch the cord Craig Yeah, He had to explain himself I did he, you had he, to walk This it back is what a he bit. does all the it's a time tough morning for I, me.
1: I understand where you're going with the Makayev. I understand where you're going with uh Labushkin. Um, you are not gonna get r- rid of William Nylander, who scores 33, 35 goals a year and has a point-a-game player. He's 80, he's 80 points a game or, or, or a year. Yeah. The guy is unbelievable. Mitch Marner is unbelievable. Austin Matthews is a top two, three guy in the national hockey, you're not getting rid of them. Where this team falters a little bit, as far as I'm concerned, is you can't pay um, John Tavares $11 million. Now, John Tavares is a very good player. He's a very good player. Okay? Um, I'm not disrespecting his abilities. I'm, what I'm saying right now is you can't have 11, three $11 million guys in the same lineup. It, just, right. it takes away from the depth of your team. And you're seeing that because... They Toronto has not played horrible, but they're losing a few games. Okay, that are turning people's heads because the team is supposed to be so good. But if Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner does not produce literally every single solitary game, Toronto's not going to win because they don't have the secondary scoring.
2: So you're kind of making a point for Petey, right? Like.
1: Yes, I felt that way you're, too.
2: You got your here. top 4 that you've mentioned. You got Nylander, Marner, Matthews, and Tavares, correct? So I'm not trading Matthews or Marner. So now it comes down to two. And Nylander is going to be much easier to move than a Tavares. So now what you have to do is you, you You're bound by it. You're you're bound by where you sit with that contract, whether right, wrong, indifferent, and great player, but now it comes down to that decision, and you're going to be able to move Nylander way easier than you are uh, Tavares, and so now that's how you gain your depth. That's what these teams have to do is make decisions, hard decisions, decisions that they don't want to make. They don't want to get rid of Nylander, but in order to improve the overall depth of your team... Those are the hard decisions that you, that you have to was make. was
1: fantastic in Toronto, and I'm going to tell you when Mikheyev fantastic played, It's a really strong word, man. Really strong word when he's we're talking what? about Mikhail It's a really strong word to say fantastic with how he plays. I'm not look. Don't look at his stats. Like he's a he's a really good, effective hard. Now what is he? To play. He's what big, is he? He's a big winger. He's like a okay. he's almost like a power is winger. A th- is he a first liner, second liner,
2: third
0: liner? I, what I is could he? see him on the second line in Toronto. You said three lines now. You have three. I mean, yep. if he's a third liner, so what? He's still playing 14 minutes.
2: Yeah, it's a two two A, two B scenario, right? Like your one, you. two, three should be two second liners.
0: That's all I'm saying about him there. I think he's a fantastic fit, and they need Labushkin. That's all I'm saying. Like Labushkin, you can't tell me Labushkin wasn't a massive pickup for the Sabres. He's been fantastic.
1: Fantastic's a strong word again. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Fantastic.
2: Fant- exceptionally, sure he's been, been playing
1: exceptionally now. well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, um, Makayev in Vancouver, he was hurt. Um, I don't think he even had a training camp. He is. The, the team is started extremely slow. He's got one assist in four games, minus two. I don't put exceptional beside him. He, he had a really strong season in, in Toronto last year. Um, did he get overpaid in Vancouver? I think he makes what 4.675, 4, maybe 4.5, 4. 4.6, um, which is a solid contract for him. He scored 21 goals last year. Um, but again, I will go back to the top. You know, William Nylander is a guy that I wouldn't be moving. The guy scores 30. 30 plus goals a year okay and he's a point a game player making 6.9 million dollars he's for what he produces on a regular basis he's worth more than 6.9 million dollars a year okay where again i'll go back to my feeling is when you have three 11 million dollar players you are going to destroy the bottom half of your lineup okay toronto is is very 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 lucky that a guy like um Um, Girodano decided to take the ultimate hometown discount and, and sign for what the league minimum of 800, $800, $800,000 a year for a two-year deal. He, he saw a lot of great things in Toronto. He saw the high end skill. He saw, you know, all of that type of stuff. And he made a decision. Okay. He made a decision to go out and. Signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs because he believes that this team has an opportunity to win a Stanley Cup. That's why he did that. But I just think that Toronto is going to be in a tough situation to field the the proper lineup that it's going to take not to play an 82 game schedule and have success. It's going to they're they're going to be in tough against teams that can shut down or at least try to shut down the top line in Mitch Marner and Matthews but then feed off of the other uh Toronto's third and fourth lines and that's what teams have done for years cuz you're not going to stop you're not going to stop Austin Matthews and Marner they're too good of hockey players but if you can limit them and then feed off the third and fourth lines that's where Toronto's losing and when you have an 11 million dollar in John Tavares i just think i think it's i think it's tough i think it's tough on we, we, on on the team moving forward we talked
2: about this last week though right We talked about this, and this is the reason that I said that the Sabres need to be careful with their salary distribution over the next couple of years. They don't want to sit like Toronto where they're top end heavy and then can't fill out the rest of their roster. And so your response was, well, the cap's going to go up, cap's going up, there's going to be more space. Is that not true for Toronto? Are you saying that their window is in the next two years and so they don't have to, they can't wait for the cap to go up. What's the difference between Toronto and Buffalo in their cap situation there with paying those four guys that much money and Buffalo, if they're not careful, could be in that same situation where they're paying your four or five top end guys too much money for to be able to field out of the, very competitive, deep team. Not that they're not worth it.
0: It comes down to that. Like, do you have, do you carry the high, high end stars and overload your, the top of your salary cap with like, with what Toronto's
1: doing, or do you spread it out? And I, I mean, how's that work for Edmonton? Exactly. Yes. How is that working, you know, for, for Toronto Maple Leafs? Now they, they cruise through an 82 game schedule because Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, uh um William Nylander are shredding the other teams throughout the season okay Edmonton Oilers you have Connor McDavid who is bloody bloody well unstoppable for for most of his games that he plays in an 82 game schedule then you Only throw an assist in, in his last two keep going then you then you throw in a uh um, a Leon Draisaitl who is an absolute beast in this game but they're not winning in the playoffs because they don't have the depth to move forward. Like you look at Colorado avalanche, they, they had um, a $6 million Nate McKinnon who was on, uh, uh, you know, finishing up a long-term contract. Okay. He was on a, he he's, he's making $6.3 million a year. If I, if I can remember, but he was playing like a $12 million player. Okay. You have, you have another guy in uh, kale McCarr, who signs a, who signs a deal, who who's making, you know, $9 million a year. And, you know, Petey, I mean, you've talked about him saying like, he is arguably the best player in the world. He's the best player in the world right now. I think so. It's all about, you know, you having the opportunity to have players like Natushkin who's making $2.5 million last year. He's one of the best players in the playoffs. He was making two and a half million. So they were able to load that team. You have a guy like uh, Nazem kadri Nazem Kadri was making what? $4.9 million last year. He was playing. He had 87 points last year in, in how many games? 68. He was on pace for over a hundred, making 4.9 million. You you have to be lucky. You have to, like you said, Gio, Kevin Adams is in a really, really tough position. Okay. He's in a good position, but a tough position to make sure that he gets the players on Buffalo, just taking Buffalo for an example, getting them under the proper contracts and not overpaying. Because if you overpay, you think, you're done. Do, You're do not you guys- winning, You're not winning. Do you guys think players look at that? Like, Jill, do you think
0: do you think players on any team look at it and say, man, I I, teams, the trend is teams with 10 plus million dollar players don't necessarily win. It's there's been a good track record of that. So do you think they look at that and say, "Okay, so I might be worth 10 and a half or 11, but maybe for the best sake of the team, I should take nine point five or nine point seven five. I mean, it's uh, half yeah, million, I mean, quarter million, but it keeps you under that that $10 million yeah, figure. Yeah, I don't know that they're plus. looking at
2: the the stat of team paying someone 10 plus million as one a Stanley Cup. I don't know that they're looking at that. I think it depends. When it comes down to salary, when it comes down to contract, a few things come into play. How happy are they in the city that they're at, with the team that they're at, with the coach management that they have? And are they willing to forego top end money to stay in that situation whether you are on the rise you have a, a a winning formula team like tampa what are you willing to do boston's done it for years been able to have their top guys your bergeron's marshans guys like that be underpaid league-wide but be able to be in the situation that they're in uh a team that's competitive has a chance to win in a good city with a good organization that they like. If you don't have that, then the guy is going to be looking for top end money and doesn't necessarily care where he's going. He wants to hit it big and that's their decision and, and right to do that. But it, I think it's, you can't blanket statement across that, the guys in the league, guys in the league know what everyone's making guys in the league know where they fall as far as comparisons. And then it comes down to what are they looking for at that particular time? Are they looking to move on? Are they unhappy with where they're at? Are they looking just to get a big contract? Or are they looking to win and be with the group that they're in? It's just so. It's, so basically, well, many variables come to summarize,
0: Geo. what you're saying, because you, you're putting it delicately and I'll put it maybe a little more harshly. Are you suggesting that maybe there are not all players, but maybe there are those star players that would say that would say I'm not saying that do say that would say Fuck it, I want a big contract.
2: I don't care if I win. I just want to cash in as much as I can. 100% there are. Like that 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 what people don't understand about even coaching at the pro level is you're dealing with so many different motivating factors in your players. Players are no longer just looking to make the league, right? You you coach college, you're pushing them on, they're motivated to make that next level. You get to pro, you're dealing with a third of the room that's worried about their contract. They don't care what the team is winning, losing. They want to be successful themselves, which means is the coach playing me enough? Am I getting my points? Am I setting myself up for a better contract? You have another group that just wants to win at all costs. Your Giordano's that that believe in the team and they'll, they'll take a, whatever it is just to play on a good team. And then you have another big, I have a
1: much bigger name than that.
2: Well, yeah, I'm, Sidney I'm Crosby. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Right. I'm but I'm just making note. You know what I mean? Like, is it Crosby signed that deal how many years ago, too?
0: Right? And, like and, 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 and his salary wasn't cap came down much. because it was a twelve year
2: deal. Yeah. So th- it's not like, it like, he's
0: not on an eight point seven for eight years. He's on yeah. an eight point seven for twelve years. So he was on a hundred and four million dollar contract. That's why that cap number's so low, because the longer it's spread out and, and that it, it lowers the because his last year he's making like three million bucks or something. So I understand what you're saying, but a little bit of a different example. Yeah, Go ahead, for Jim.
2: sure. No, you got then you got another third that is young, up and coming guys, maybe that are just trying to make the league, establish themselves as a you know NHLer full time. So you got all these things you're juggling and using to motivate these guys, and not everyone is in it to just win. A lot of people are in it. Let's face it: to be selfish and get their money, which is their right, but it it does happen, and that's that's pro sports. Okay, so
1: let me let me let's just go back for a second. So when you look at, um, for an example, the Chicago Blackhawks drafted, you know, Jonathan Taves drafted Patrick Kane, and these guys are just world class superstars right away, just exploded onto the scenes. Um, how many Stanley Cups did they did they both win? Taves three. and Kane, three. So they won three Stanley Cups, and um, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are coming off a contract that pays them how much? They were making six, six something. How much are they making right now? Ten and a half. They're making ten and a half. Well, their cap hit is Do you know when? Do you know when they signed that contract after they won the three? After cups. the third Stanley yeah. Cup. So they've already won at a when they were getting paid low money. OK, very manageable money. They won three Stanley Cups. How, mu- how much do they want since then? Exactly. Zero. Because ten and a half million dollars, you're not winning Stanley Cup. You have Nate McKinnon. I, you can't, Nate you McKinnon can't is say. making six million dollars. He plays like a 12 million dollar player. OK, these guys I, I just named Nazem Kadri is making 4.9. He had 87 points. He, had, he was on pace for over 100 points. If you would have played a full season, Natushkin was way past his $2.5 million salary. Those did, guys won a Stanley Cup because of the guys and the salary cap. Okay. Does, Sidney Crosby does, McKinnon, won three does Stanley McKinnon's Cups.
2: deal now change who the Colorado Avalanche are? Yes. They're less competitive now because yes. he signed over $10 million. Yes. Well, that's no, 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 not over $10 starts, million. That starts he signed signed over year.
1: $12.6 million. You know what he did? You lost Kodri. Because you can't pay him, that's why it's not just about... Well, they also had to pay Nakushkin. They paid. They ch- they chose to pay Nakushkin in the sevens versus Kadri. I mean, there was an option there too. Yes, so they lost guys. Um, who's the other uh, winger? Uh, uh, um, the Russian guy used to. Yes, Bur- Burakovsky. Burakovsky. So they couldn't pay him. He was he was a big part of that team last year. They couldn't pay guys because now. McKinnon made his money, won a Stanley Cup, cashed out. He just said, I won my cup. I I I made less than what I was supposed to make for many, many years. And now I'm cashing in because I already have a Stanley Cup. But what Gio's saying is going to be completely different starting next year when McKinnon's contract
0: kicks in at twelve six and you have your uh, your big winger there, ranting, making nine point five, and you got McCar making. Sorry, yep. sorry. Makar's making nine. Not yeah. You know, and
1: Skog Landis- who's making seven,
0: and Nakushkin making seven. So now you might have a few of that, a few, a few, a uh, few of that million, those million dollars spread out over a couple more players. But then what happens? Like to Geo's point, your your depth is going to drop right
1: off. You are going to have here's the thing. What I that's what we're eight talking or about. nine. They lost Kadri because they had to pay Nakushkin. They had to make a decision on who they wanted to spend that money on. Okay, Colorado. If they don't win a Stanley Cup this year, they will never win a Stanley Cup for the next eight years. Gio, is that not what you were saying? (laughs) (laughs) Right? And that's I I think we're all agreeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, we're just for sure. Because it goes back, this all spins back to the Toronto Maple Leafs. It all spins back to the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs aren't winning shit, man. They're not winning shit.
2: I want to touch on your point about the Chicago Blackhawks, though. The Chicago Blackhawks went on their run not too far into the cap era, right? And so it's a much different landscape now how these GMs deal with the cap than it was back in the late 2000s or, you know, 09 or whatever it is. And so, the cap's
0: gone up significantly since
2: significantly, then. Significantly. But they are projecting out now. They are trying to manage their cap. So they're trying... They're. The, They're rolling the dice on a lot of these players, whether it's going to work out or not. The days of you win three cups and then you get paid are no longer there because of how the cap has evolved over the last 15, 17 years since it's come into existence. So while I agree somewhat with your point about Chicago, it's a different era in the cap in the sense that we were just figuring things out. It was shuffling itself out for those first five to seven years, how it was going to affect decision-making by GMs and teams.
0: And and another point about Chicago, if you recall, they had to continuously, every time they won, lose guys, bring yeah. guys in. Lose Tampa. A big... It was
2: the Tampa thing, right? Like, like, Tampa isn't successful without having to...
0: They make... Remember they lost Bufflin, who had a huge yep. playoff, Versteeg one year, then I think he ended up going back later. Bickle, maybe like they ended up, they couldn't keep guys.
2: Did he not like sharp? sharp.
0: Maybe. Yeah. They, they, they were guys, they just couldn't keep around, Yeah, but again, to keep rotating guys through, and they did a good job of that actually.
1: What? For sure. Here's, here's what's happening with the, the new, um, idea in, in what you're talking about, Gio is you have, um, a salary cap. They are trying to project out on all of these young players. Okay. And they're paying them extremes amounts of money, like extreme amounts of money. Okay. And what's happening right now in this cap era is you have bus, you have lots of bus that's destroying the salary caps of teams. There are many, many players that are busting on their contracts. They're not living up to the price tag. Now we all t- we all hear about the the great stories of of young guys that are just flourishing and taking off and and playing exceptionally well. But there's a shit ton of busts in this league that are not playing up to the standard of their contract.
0: Yeah, a lot of paper being traded for prospects and first rounders and stuff, right. just That's contracts, right. you know, and and money, you know, just I, trying I'm, to
2: get numbers off your books. I'm curious if they will change their philosophy in the sense that. You need your young guys to be playing above their contract. So, does the bridge, two year, three year bridge deal that yes, he may take off in four or five years? But why you have him somewhat in his prime are you're timing it, right? Like you said earlier, Rivs, it's about timing and luck and whether these guys hit at the right time. If they're on their entry level and they're studs for, you know you're nine hundred grand, and they're playing like five six million dollar players. That's what you need to win. But is there a philosophy switch that you're able to? There's two sides to this, though, Geo. Okay, and I'm glad you said this
0: because I I I like what you're saying because I think and we'll talk and and remind me of this, Craig, in a second. Write this down because I know you're Mister Write Down. Put Dylan Cousins' name down to my example as to what I would sign him to right now because of what Geo is saying. The other problem. With this is that with the salary cap is younger players are being used earlier than when they're actually ready and because they're cheap labor and it affects their development significantly. Like they'll throw a 19 or 20 year old kid on the roster to get a uh, get a $900,000 cap hit instead of paying a guy in that spot, maybe two and a half or two million bucks so they can save some money and spend it elsewhere. And then it affects the development of players too, and we see development hampered as well. Like we don't see first rounders spending three years in the minors anymore at all.
2: Well, because you need to you need to push them along and hope that they hit or make your decision on them. That's
0: but you need cost effective labor too.
2: Well, you you need cost effective labor when you're paying four guys eleven plus million dollars. You know. That's exactly it, that's right. So exactly you got my your point. you got your top end and you got your low end, and you really need to hit with both of them, and I and think' well, it's a bus both ways,
0: yeah, and I
1: think they're a player it's a bus both ways, well put yeah well, the other thing is um when you're dealing with certain teams and certain makeups of teams, you know obviously the gm a, a lot of these gms are in a tougher situation because of. How contracts are being signed. You, you talked about it. It's it's the the buzzword right now and today is projection. Okay. Projecting out what these young high-end players are doing at a very, very early age, 18, 19, and 20 years old. So now all of a sudden you have an organization that's trying to project out what they think this guy can play himself into. Okay. A lot of times, um, it 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 happens. And there's times that it doesn't happen, but what, how many, how many projection type young players can you have? Like Kevin Adams is uh, making a decision with Tage Thompson after one year of great hockey that he projects that Tage Thompson is going to be a really good player at this amount, paid him $7.1 $1 million. Don't have a problem with it. Okay. Then you have Rasmus Dalin that's going to be coming up. At what point and what are you trying to project on him? Now, all of a sudden, you have to project on a Dylan Cousins. And you also have to project on a Casey Middlestad. You also have to project on a Peyton Krebs. You also have to project on an Owen Power. You also have to project on a Yoki Haru. Like, how many projections well, are you going to have until you just say, you're not fucking getting anything until you prove to me that you're going to earn this contract.
2: I think they do that. They do that with the players, right? Like they identify a Thompson and they're willing to project with him. They haven't made their decisions on these other guys yet. You, you, you sign Samuelson, you know what I mean? To your projection because you believe in him and you're meeting, which makes other guys, wait it out and see where they fall right like but this is the this is the luxury and i guess curse of where the sabers sit right now it is like the rebuild since kevin has taken over has gone exactly how they've wanted it to go they have all these young guys stacked up ready to hit but then the curse of it is now there's a second stage here that is going to be extremely hard on Kevin and his staff to continue this rebuild is the decisions that are made over the next two, three years, how this team sits five, six years out. And, but that's exactly what you want as a Sabre fan, right? You want this type of, of, of situation. We haven't had it in 10 plus years to be in this position that you, you're, you have all these guys that could hit, And that's, that's a blessing, but the curse is that you're not going to be able to pay them all. And you're going to have to make decisions on who stays and who goes. So the job doesn't get any easier for Kevin as it goes along. It gets, it's nonstop. It's constant and it is not easy to either build, maintain, or even create a championship team. And then your struggles begin there because you got to keep that team together.
0: Well, I think, I think, uh, you, you might you might miss on a projection of Dylan Cousins. He might end up, like, if you had tried to extend him in the offseason, this offseason, who knows what he would have gotten, but he could be on pace to, to make a little bit more. I mean, he's a guy that I would, at the end of this year, if he continues playing the way he's playing, I'd sign him to a long-term deal to prevent that, next contract what's, lot,
1: what's the number what's the number you think with what you've seen in in uh, dylan cousins rookie year where he paid played half the year he played only 41 games had 13 points i think dylan cousins is going to be a consistent 50 point guy in this league okay last year last year he was uh 38 points when he was basically 20 years old so he it's was great 13, second year 13 he was he was kind of like a point uh every, every second game. So, um, I agree with what you're saying. I think Dylan cousins is going to be, um, once he hits a stride, he's still super young. He's 21 years old. He's literally 21 years old. Wait till he's 15 pounds heavier. And he's, and and it takes time. He's a, he's a big body. He's six foot three. He's a big body. He's still growing. He's still putting on muscle mass. He's still learning the league and, and he's getting, he's, he's looked really, really good. Um, But the question is, I'm not signing him to a long-term contract. That's just me personally. I think you, you know, Rasmus Dahlin is a player that you're in a situation where you're going to be signing to a long-term contract. You got to get him locked up for the eight years. You got to put it in the bank and just say, this is a guy that we're buying into long-term. Dylan Cousins is a fantastic player. Fantastic. We still do not know where he fits in the lineup because he's too young. He's still working towards it. Is he a second line center? Does he have the ability to be a first-line center? We just talked about this pick- with Toronto.
0: Like, I don't understand. Gio, did you not just say it's a 2A, 2B, uh, second, third line type thing if you're numbering is it? lines? Is it well, right, if, now? Well, right now? I, I, not right now, but I'm saying in the perfect you, scenario.
2: When you have a, a, a top-end team, that is what it looks like. Thank you. Your okay, fourth what, line is question, really PD. a third line, and then you got two second lines. Okay, great. And so that's What I'm where trying you to say to. is,
1: are you signing him as a second-line center? Or a third line center.
0: That's why there would... is
1: no fucking two A and two B centers. There's a second and there's a third. So what are you paying him? Exactly. I... No, so you're I... going well, to you're gonna pay him a short term contract. You're going to pay him a short term contract. And every single year, he's going to have to prove after two, three years. Until he gets to unrestricted free agency, that- I said he's a he's going to be a fifty point. I think he's going to be a so.
0: If we're projecting like you project on Thompson, who goes from nine goals to thirty eight, we give him fifty million. Why is it so unrational for me to 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 actually say that? this kid is going to consistently get 50 points, which is a lot more reasonable than saying he's going to score 30 plus goals. A
1: thousand year. percent. He's okay. going to be a 50 point player. I don't So, I, that's, so not, that's, that's easily
0: $5 million. So you're telling me that in the offseason, if you like, I could have projected that Dylan cousins was going to be this type of player in the off season. So why don't they project and sign him in, in July or August to a, a seven or eight year extension for 5 million or four and a half million, five million? half million, 5 million. I think I heard somewhere that he asked for six. There you go. Okay, but I mean,
2: six There's is your answer. <laughs> because you have
1: a player that's sitting there going.
2: He's, bet, he's betting on half. himself. Yeah. You got a player that's betting on himself. I'm not taking 5000000 million.
1: I'm a $6.5 mm-hmm. million player if you want me on a long-term deal. And you're going to sit there and go, no, you're not. But he's not. He's, we're not willing to. Pro- give you the projection thing you're going to earn your contract we're going to sign you with to, to a three-year deal you're going to make four four million dollars four and a half million dollars and you're just gonna you're just gonna suck it up and play look at look at go back and look at uh um sam uh reinhardt sam reinhardt's putting up 60 uh points a year he's scoring 25 goals every single year and every single year they came back to him and said, Yeah, no, we're not giving you a long term deal. We're not giving you here. You make 3.65. Remember that? Game off a 60 point season, 25 goals. They gave him, they, they said, Here, you just have to keep earning it, keep earning it. That's what they should be doing with most of these guys. You can't project and give eight year deals to every single guy in your team.
2: The, the problem with that is now you risk hurting your relationship with the player long term. I'm just saying. I, I agree with you. We're on the same page, Riz. We are on the same page. Are you worried about that? We are if on you're the a same GM page. Are you
1: worried about hurting a guy's feeling? No. that he has no. to
2: actually go out and fucking earn his contract. Uh, me personally, absolutely not. What I'm saying is that's is Dalvin
1: pissed off that he
2: that that's he was what's going on deal. behind the scenes. That is a real thing that happens. You know what I'm saying? So Tom, so you you can not say paid. He 24.
1: Happen. Okay, 24 years old is when he got paid. He didn't do anything Rasmus before Dal- it, though. I know that. I understand that. I'm just saying he was 24 years old. You the look minute it, he did something, look he Dylan- got paid.
2: So that's like that. You can't use that. The minute he did something, he got paid. Okay. Let's find uh find someone else. Rasmus Dahlin came out of an entry-level deal,
1: had an ungodly amount of points, okay? Maybe wasn't playing at the highest level, but still had crazy potential, could easily sign him to an eight-year deal. They chose not to. They said no.
2: I, I, think, gonna, I think gonna they chose not contract. to because because it was up and down. He had high moments and he had low moments. So he they were basically had the conversation. I'm assuming that hey, we're you're trying to figure yourself out. We're trying to figure where you're at. This is what we're doing. Well, you know all I mean? Dylan, Cousins all I'm better saying hope is you risk ruining the relationship when you do that. That's it. I'm not it, saying it's right, wrong, whatever. What, re- I'm just saying what are you, you talking about
1: it. when you when you're saying that? Um, as a GM, if I'm the GM and I go to the agent <gasps> of the You of know a player, these
2: players. They they feel slighted over any and everything. Well, too, too frickin My God, breakfast man. was too cold. I that's the team fault. Like I'm just I'm just giving you the reality of, of I understand of that, this. but you Nicky know, what? organization <laughs> fucking pancakes
1: aren't cooked well enough. If they don't <laughs> like it, if they don't like it,
2: play better. I I mean that the guy that's been around most, PD, you know. Lou Lemro, 80 years old, still doing it and still not giving a shit what the player says. He sticks to his guns and that's, he'll find somebody else. And
0: they, they slacked the Rangers last night, three nothing. Yes, they did. Just saying. Anyway, so sorry, I, I'm not trying to steer away from the conversation, gentlemen. I just, I, so last thing I'll say about the Sabres and, and this discussion, you guys feel free to comment. I, I feel like the biggest competition going on in this team for roster position, is Casey and Dylan. Casey Middlestad, Dylan Cousins.
2: And that pushes them to be at their best. That's what Kevin has talked about in lots of press conferences, is we want internal competition for spots. Take the last game out of it, throw that one away.
0: They've both been very good. Sorry, Craig, is that too...
2: No, I I think that... I think. What do you mean, take the last game out of it?
1: (laughs) Take Seattle out of it. And the... A, oh, why know, don't we just add Seattle in? How have they played? in think Casey Middlestad shit the bed in Seattle. I thought it was actually not bad. He's just being dumped on for that one play. I, th- fucking actually, shit I said on that yesterday. For one play. I said that yesterday. I, I said, play. if you watched enough
0: of the game, you'd see that I thought he was skating pretty hard. Listen, I've been, I've been. They did have really- the rookie dinner too, eh? in Vancouver they- after the game on Saturday. Well, it's very apparent. <laughs> Saturday in nights, I literally could
2: tell. We've done it in Vancouver a few times. God I love oh my God. Rookie, <laughs> we were, those
1: rookie parties so, were, were were I can't remember half of them, but yeah. uh they're they're great they're great, great bonders for the team. and you know what I mean i I said this the other day Buffalo stunk against Seattle. They just absolutely stunk. If I was Don Granado and his coaching staff, I would not even I would literally take that tape,
2: that video. And and not even show it, it. it. dude. That happens, man. Like, yeah, it it absolutely happens, and it's not indicative of how the team is played. Okay, it's short term. It's one game, and you suck it up for a long term. And it's something they can all
0: laugh at. Let's be honest. They're in it together. They're in it together. You're going to cut a tape.
1: You're going to cut stuff. You're going to cut defensive zone coverage. You're going to cut how they broke out against Edmonton and Calgary. You're going to talk about the four check. You're going to talk about all the little tiny things that they did exceptionally well. And you're going to show those things throughout the Vancouver, Edmonton and Calgary game. Okay. Seattle, you're going to throw that thing, crumple it up and throw it in the garbage and never talk about it again. And you're going to move on. And I'm going to tell you the next three games, the next three games for the sabers are absolutely key because Whoa. there's th- there's three teams that are very beatable very beatable yes chicago absolutely sucks as far as i'm concerned but they're on a four game winning streak so holy you got to you got to take them serious
2: you're coming off a west coast road trip which is always hard coming back playing at home and you have your rookie party and you've had some success. So yeah, the next five games are, are key. I don't think you can pin it on tonight's game, but.
0: The next three games are huge because they're, they're games. They have, they're very, they have a really tough month in November. So they have, who do they have Montreal tonight? Yep. And then I know they have Chicago and then Detroit, I think is the last game of the, of the month. And Detroit is a much better team. So. You know, they and then they and then they have Pittsburgh and they have a, a pretty tough slate it, it, with Boston and it's Carolina. Important and Memphis, in the sense Toronto. that
2: these next three games are against teams that can surprise you. You know what I mean well, Montreal surprising go either people. way, Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Like so as as much as everyone is shitting on Montreal, I was out to dinner with Gallagher last night and he loves St. Louis, he loves the young guys. You know what I mean? Like, so they could surprise some teams. He's got the biggest set
1: of balls on him. I told him
2: when, so he came in and young guy reminded me of myself as a young guy, just throwing your face in front of everything, body, just getting hammered in front. I go to, I go to him when he's young guy, 22. I'm like it in a few years. You're going to have to start adjusting your game and protecting yourself a little more. You can't keep taking these hits for 15 years, these cross checks, these battles. So, and what did he say at the was time? It? He laughed at it. He's 21 years old. He was like, You think oh, your you body's told gonna... him that at 21. Yeah. You think your body's going to last forever. Did you, you know remind I mean? him of that last night at dinner? Yeah. I did. I'm like, Now that you're 30, buddy, how you feeling? No. And what do you say? No, I mean,
0: he's he gets it. You know what I mean? But isn't he's he? What he's he? like a workout freak, isn't he? Isn't his yeah. father like yeah, yeah. a his, his father's, father's like his trainer? trainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read about him and yeah. and the way he wore. He's a Western kid. Yeah, and yeah, Tuck spent
2: some time out there with those guys. Yeah, I I love
0: Gallagher, man. I've always loved Gallagher. I think he's just he's just What's awesome. He, and, what
1: curious his? Uh, I'm sure you talked about uh, Yari uh, Slavkowski. You know, rookie first overall pick. Um been somewhat quiet uh you know i know he he scored he scored his first goal and you know acted like he literally just scored his thousandth goal um but what what's uh what's the word on him
2: what what's he uh, saying about him i think it, it was a little bit him. of time still no yeah we didn't talk about him super specific it was just more about the team right like uh you know where they're at this the, the kind of Marty came in and kind of rejuvenated things for that group. And they play with some Ca- energy and, you know, like, like that kind of stuff. Marty, is, or Marty St. Louis. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: Sorry. What he's done for Cole Caulfield. I, eh? we were talking about that a bit yesterday, how so similar that story is with the type Hold of that. player they are and how, how, how to teach a guy like that to play when yeah. they're similar in stature, like yeah. kind of like yourself.
2: And, and, uh, The staff, the staff there, right? You got all ex-players on that coaching staff. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of been there, done that. Who are the coaches? Been in St. Louis, um, Burroughs. I'd have to look up who the D guy is. All three, four guys on the bench are all former players.
0: You know, they go out, they get Jeff Gordon. They hire Kent Hughes as a rookie GM. But then they also hire Martin LaPointe. Vincent LeCavalier is there. Marty St. Louis is their coach. This is what made me go through and realize this. I was wondering who the other coaches were. Gio, St. Louis, the head coach. Alex Burrows, assistant coach. Trevor Litowski, assistant coach. Stefan Robida, Robida, Stephane assistant coach. Robida. Eric Raymond is their goalie coach. I mean, they have a like they they have a a, a solid. Hockey operations there. Yeah, I
2: yeah. mean Ken Hughes has been around for a while. Is he? A, he's a rookie GM, but he's been an knows agent the business forever. I mean, knows the business just was, like any an GM, agent, right? Yeah, an agent. It? Yeah, yeah. And then you insulate him with a Gordon. You know what I mean? Like, what? You, pretty good starting point for that that organization. Listen, kinda... you need
1: you need the brains. Okay, you need the brains. You need guys that can relate to the players. Okay. You need guys that can relate. And guys like Stefan Robidaud, did you play with Robo? No. Okay, no. so I, I played with Robo when I was in Montreal. Absolutely unbelievable kid. Now, I call him a kid because he was young when I was there, but he was an insanely respectful kid. He worked his absolute butt off. He was a beautiful skater, beautiful puck mover. He had a great shot. Not Not the biggest guy, but just a really, really good... Wow, does he look different. That's not, a, that's not a kid, <laughs> no man. Kid. That's, that that's is Tom, no kid. That's Tom Hanks right there. <laughs> like they brought in uh, Burrow, you know, who was uh, is probably one of the most popular players in the last, you know, two decades in Vancouver, you know. Alex Burrow, he was, he was one of the biggest pests in the league, but he was a fantastic player, like great, player. great player. And they've done a nice job, like bringing in Vincent LeCavale and you're like, okay, like Vinny, you know, you've made a ton of money. You got more money than God right now. Do you really want to work that hard? And guess what? He hasn't done anything. He's been living in Tampa Bay he's been doing his uh you know kids travel stuff cuz i've seen him in the airport i've seen him in 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 hockey rinks around north america but he's probably at a point in his life where he's like i need to get into this i need to get back to work get focused and if you're going to do something you need to do it, give your 100% right so you have Vinny lacavalle come in who's a superstar and understands the game you got martin lepoint we all know about martin lepoint and how he played the game three stanley cups later the guy is it is an incredible asset to the Montreal Canadiens. So there's, they've done a really nice job surrounding this whole organization with the right people, and they're going to build it. They will build it. Sean Monahan has five points in seven
2: games for them. Eh? Do you do you move him? Is that a move? Deadline move type of? You pick him up for what? Would they get? Basically they gave, did they not give a first for him, or did first they get round, a first? Did they get they got a first? A, to they take got him? a they got a first and yeah. him. For like futures. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you move him at the deadline for a first rounder. You just. got So listen, two first listen rounders to this for guy. Nothing.
1: So Sean Monahan, when he came into the league, you know, he, he was, he was a very special player. Went six overall in the NHL draft. Okay. Six came into the league. He scored 22 goals his first year, then went 31, 27, 27, 31, 34, 22. And then he got injured. Okay. Then he got injured. He scored 10 goals in 50 games. And then last year, okay, he had a really off season playing on the third line, was not a power play guy, was not really put in the situation to produce points. He had eight goals, 23 points. This year, he was traded to the Montreal Canadiens with a first round draft pick, okay, for the Montreal Canadiens just to take a $6 million salary. He's got five points in seven games. I mean, you look at what's going to happen at the deadline. Most likely, I would think most likely they're going to move him on at the deadline. Okay. Not now. It's going to be right at the deadline when the salary is pretty much almost gone. And they're going to sell him for, if he has a really, really good season, I would be, he's, he's going to have a nice price tag beside him because he's a really good, good hockey player. He's been a great hockey player in this league for, for a long time. And he's still only 28 years old. Listen to Montreal. He has
2: a a solid year. He's first round material. I mean, first round draft pick material coming back for him. Hey, Um, hey,
0: Gio. If today's show was a salary cap, a one hour and six minute salary cap, how much? What percentage of the cap did Craig gobble up?
2: (laughs) (laughs) He was well over fifty percent. But so we're uh, here's me the and thing. You had about twenty five percent, and I tried to I
1: tried to throw to you, he Joe. If you had ten to million plus. to sign on all three of us today, and what yeah. we did, what am I getting? Seven, seven uh, million of the ten. Honestly, you getting league we now. were. You know what we were doing? We were showcasing you, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so we could get you out of here to get rid of him. Am I Monahan <laughs> right now? Uh well,
0: Monahan, Olafson. Fuck, I don't know. Who, I don't know who you are. Uh, but I you loved.
2: Did, I loved everything about the show Rivs. everything except one thing. And the listeners will not be able to know what that one thing is, but it's Petey's stupid ass hat that he's wearing today. Oh, like, oh, what Boston are you University. doing? You like, know what's funny is you I have actually... the captain of the Boston college Eagles on your podcast and you wear a BU hat.
0: Listen, uh, I don't care what you think. Uh, and I like the hat. I got this hat from Maddie Elia, Patty Coletta's fiance. <laughs> yep. I'm going to let him hear that. See you, boys. <laughs> See ya. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Rave 52 at TheInstigator76. And You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word. Thank you.